Hello and welcome. You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Join us in a wonderland of burning money. I'm Evan Swope. I'm Arman Maharaj. And I'm C.T. Kelly. And today, have I told have I told you guys what we're doing today? Have I told you guys what uh, I'm talking about? You probably haven't. I, I forgot. believe you, you did. Okay, so I... We're, we're going to do a short one, a sweet one, a relevant one with plenty of room for discussion. We are going to be covering Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter. Woo! Whee! Not Finally. Like, Musk deserves his own series eventually, but there's still, even doing this epi- like this research, there's a lot up in the air that is still, there, there are shoes yet to drop. Yes. So. Yeah, this is a big one. This is a pretty meaty. It's a... It's a big one, and it's still developing. Yeah. So definitely, definitely expect us to like return to this at some point. Oh yeah. Um, we'll need a sequel. So some quick background. Some quick background, because before we can talk about Musk buying Twitter, we have to talk about the financial situation that Twitter was in. And honestly, Twitter deserves its own series, regardless. <clears throat> right. Yeah. My big question that I'm curious about is how was Twitter mm-hmm. doing before this? Because it can't. It, I don't think it was good. It, okay, okay. So Twitter has only ever been profitable for two years of its operation. And it would have, okay, it would have been popular in 2021, but a thing happened uh, well, that we will talk about. <laughs> okay. So Twitter went public at $26 a share. It closed its initial public offering at $44, an absolute blockbuster of an initial public offering. Mm. However, if you invested then, the last eight years will have been like really stressful for you and you'd have about the same amount of money that you have now. And that changes like a lot. Like Twitter's a very unstable uh, stock. Right. So Twitter's it's existed since 2007 as like a rising social media platform, but growth rapidly began to slow around like 2014. Um, as shown by a then fortune article by Matthew Ingram titled, what if the Twitter growth everyone is hoping for never comes? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> After Twitter's stock performance in the past few months, it has fallen by more than 40% since May. You might think that all the bad news was priced into the shares, but you would be wrong. Okay. The company's latest financial report took the stock down another 10% or so, which means that Twitter has lost close to $15 billion in market value in just the last six months. Oh my god. It's not that the company isn't making money. It pulled in $569 million worth of revenue in the most recent quarter. And that's revenue, not profit. Very different. That's almost 60% higher than its revenue in the same quarter of last year and higher than analysts expected. The article continues. The problem isn't Twitter's revenues or its user base, which is around 300 million people, or even its profitability. It's that those things aren't growing quickly enough to justify the price that investors are paying. According to Twitter's income statements, the company has almost never turned a profit, only turning profits in 2018 and 2019 respectively. Funnily enough, 2021 probably would have turned a profit for them had they not been on the receiving end of an $809 million lawsuit for misleading investors. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. It's a little thing. The source of the lawsuit? <laughs> Quote, the complaint alleged that the company was tracking daily active users as the primary indicator of Twitter's user engagement by early 2015, but didn't reveal that to investors at the time, as it was reporting monthly active user figures. 
According to the lawsuit, Twitter's DAU figures showed that user engagement growth was either flat or declining. So Twitter was being very misleading about how investment was doing. Well, it's an early sign of success. Yeah. Uh-huh. And investors love surprises. Yeah. that's They're addicted to surprises. <laughs> One thing you want to give <laughs> investors. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I need surprises. Give more. <laughs> Let me give you hundreds of thousands of dollars and then do really risky things with it. Please. Please ambush me in the boardroom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> they're sick, sick people. <laughs> Start saying weird alt-right shit in public, please. Oh, yes. Oh, I get off on that. Yeah. <laughs> Another part of the issue here is Twitter's stock-based compensation. This isn't out of the ordinary for tech companies, especially when stock prices are rising fast at Silicon Valley paces. Paying your employees in stocks can be quite a good deal for them. However, Twitter does this far more than most companies, which is hmm. at best odd and at worst a red flag. Because what this does is it dilutes the stock price by creating far, far, far more shares than necessary, thus lowering the payout for every shareholder. Right. And I I was reading about this. Uh, It is counted as a non-cash expense, meaning it cuts into profits, not income. Oh. Yeah. So it's actually like a good, it's like a pro-labor practice. It's like explicitly bad for your shareholders pretty much. Hmm. I mean... It's it's good for your employees. I mean, I would not call it pro labor. It, I would say there it gestures go. towards a possibility of having workers own their company, without actually going yes. all the way. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit nicer to their employees than most companies, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and but it's also like very exclusive. Like this assumes that you are a Silicon Valley like web developer, which mm-hmm. is a pretty exclusive gig anyway. Like that, right. there's only so many positions that get cushy jobs like this. So. Twitter's sales pitch is this. We have like 300 million people using this website, and we have a fancy custom proprietary algorithm that makes sure your ads are going to the right people. So if you have ad dollars, um, we are going to make sure that they are spent more effectively than other people's ad dollars. The first big problem is that while Twitter in 2014 had more than 300 million active users, advertisers were never really sure how many people their ads were actually reaching. The ad guys were shelling out all this money and couldn't tell if their money was being well spent. This is a problem that all advertising faces, but the price tag for something as ephemeral as clicks on Twitter can only go so high. I'm assuming that, Evan, you are familiar with this. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, I mean, every platform, like advertisers are subject to their algorithm, and if their algorithm is confusing or if it sucks, it's like really hard to run ads. It's like you can waste a ton of money. Mm hmm. There's an old adage in advertising. 50% of all dollars spent on advertising is wasted, but we don't know which half. Yeah, there's always going to be some uncertainty with something like like getting an an idea or a message out with advertising. Exactly. Um, So since 2019, Twitter has started reporting a new metric, uh, quote, monetizable daily active usage, which is growing dramatically. But... I had a hard time figuring out exactly how they were arriving at these numbers and what exactly these numbers implied about their business. So that's basically how Twitter's been, right? That, that's the, the long and short of Twitter's financial history. Mm-hmm. Enter Elon Musk, a man deserving of his own... Gah. <laughs> Ew. Gah. Who on August 7th, 2018, made the following tweet. <clears throat> I can't do a good Musk impression, so it, bear with me here. I'm considering taking Tesla private at 420 
Funding secured. <laughs> nice. Nice. I remember I read that and I laughed so hard I fell out of my chair and hit my head. I, I was considering before the, the when we started recording, I was going to say, guys, I'm going to make a weed joke at some point, and I want you guys to start re... I want you guys to just react <laughs> like a bunch of starving chimpanzees, like it's, as if it's the funniest <gasps> thing you've ever heard. <gasps> this is the weed number! Guys! Mom, get in here! That's the weed number! Oh, yeah, yeah. You hear us, like, injuring ourselves. <laughs> There's nothing roommates love more than chimp impressions from next door. <laughs> yeah, just make your, make your roommates just fucking love you yeah. by screaming like a chimpanzee. <laughs> No, no. See, it's okay because it was for a podcast. <laughs> it's for a podcast. Oh, it's a really podcast. cool. It's a really oh. cool podcast. Oh, so it's cool now, and your meat's like huge. Oh yeah, I get it. it. It's like come town for chimps. It's so cool. <laughs> it's and it's about investment. It's about investment. Yeah, <laughs> it's a business podcast. So the main consequence of this fucking hilarious tweet um, was <laughs> was. Uh, an investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Oh, right. joy. Which is, like, natural. Like, of course. The last time, by the way... so blatant. The last time, by the way, I kept calling the FEC in the last episode. I was kicking myself listening back to it. Shame. 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 There's too many three-letter words. Three-letter organizations. I'm going to say it right now. You really fucked up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> We're kicking you off the podcast. I deserve <laughs> your, this. It was your audition. <laughs> from the verge quote <laughs> God, i forgot how funny this quote is from the verge quote you rounded up to 420 because you thought that would be a joke that your girlfriend would enjoy isn't that correct or it asked no musk said adding there is some i think karma around 420 i should question whether that is good karma or bad karma at this point for it <laughs> The lawyer for the SEC, sounding incredulous, asked again whether the $420 was meant to be a joke. $420 was not chosen because of a joke, Musk said. It was chosen because there was a 20% premium over stock price. He also argued that it was a, quote, coincidence. Also of note is this related article, also from The Verge. Musk wasn't asked about that tweet yet, though. He took the stand a little over 30 minutes before the trial, uh, recessed, until next Monday, but the plaintiff's lawyers got him plenty of questions about his Twitter habits, most notably about all the people in his life who have begged him to quit the bird site. <laughs> Among the people who have asked him to stop tweeting are Antonio Gracias, a former director on Tesla's board of investors, Ron Barron, Sam Teller, Musk's former de facto chief of staff, and several other close associates. <laughs> Musk Begging got him. plenty of Literally, his board of investors for Tesla has been begging him to stop running <laughs> tweeting for for years. This is goes back to 2018. Musk got plenty of questions about his Twitter habits, most notably about all the people in his life who have begged him to quit. I suppose I continued to tweet, yes, Musk replied, when asked if he ignored his advisors and investors. Because oh he God. did. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Because if there's anything that investors love, it's <laughs> erratic uh, CEOs that won't put down their phone. Yeah, there's nothing investors love more than Caligula-level erratic tweeting. They love mm -hmm. surprises. So what we have here is someone who is deeply online and deeply attached to Twitter specifically. Right. The more one reads about Musk's engagement with the Infosphere, one gets a picture of a man desperate for validation. He wants to be above all other things, 
a poster. As for the SEC investigation, I am going to quote this press release in its entirety. <clears throat> the Securities and Exchange Commission announced today that Elon Musk, CEO and chairman of the Silicon Valley-based Tesla Incorporated, has agreed to settle the securities fraud charge brought by the SEC against him last week. The SEC also today charged Tesla with failing to have required disclosure controls with procedures relating to Musk's tweets, a charge that Tesla has agreed to settle. The settlements, which are subject to court approval, will result in comprehensive corporate governments, uh, governance and other reforms at Tesla, including Musk's removal as the chairman of the Tesla board and the payment by Musk and Tesla of financial penalties. According to the SEC's complaint against him, Musk tweeted on August 7, 2018 that he could take Tesla private at 420 per share a substantial premium to its trading price at the time that funding for the transaction had been secured, and that only remaining uncertainty was a shareholder vote. The SEC's complaint alleged that, in truth, Musk knew that the potential transaction was uncertain and subject to numerous contingencies. Musk had not discussed specific detail terms, including price, with any potential financial partners, and his statements about the possible transaction lacked an adequate basis in fact. According to the SEC's complaint, Musk's misleading tweets caused Tesla's stock price to jump by over 6% on August 7th and led to significant market disruption. According to the SEC's complaint against Tesla, despite notifying the market in 2013 that it intended to use Musk's Twitter account as a means of announcing material information about Tesla and encouraging investors to review Musk's tweets, Tesla had no disclosure controls or procedures in place to determine whether Musk's tweets contained information required to be disclosed in Tesla's SEC filings, nor did it have sufficient process in place to that Musk's tweets were accurate or complete. Musk and Tesla have agreed to settle the charges against them without admitting or denying the SEC's allegations. Among other relief, the settlement requires that, one, Musk will step down as Tesla's chairman and be replaced by an independent chairman. Two, Musk will be ineligible to be re-elected as chairman for three years. Three, Tesla will appoint two new independent directors to its board. Four, Tesla will establish a new committee of independent directors and put in place additional controls and procedures to oversee Musk communications. Musk and Tesla must pay a separate $20 million penalty. The $40 million in penalties will be distributed to harmed investors under a court-approved process. The total package of remedies and relief announced today are specifically designed to address the misconduct at issue by strengthening Tesla's corporate governance and oversight in order to protect investors, said Stephanie Akavian, co-director of the SEC's Enforcement Division. As a result of the settlement, Elon Musk will no longer be chairman of Tesla. Tesla's board will ad adopt important reforms, including an obligation to oversee Musk's communications with investors, and both will pay financial penalties, added Stephen Panikin, co-director of the SEC's enforcement division. The resolution is intended to prevent further market disruption and harm to Tesla's shareholders. So, uh, pretty damning, I think. Yeah, from one tweet. One, one fucking stupid <laughs> joke tweet where he's like, LMAO 420. Yeah, that cost him $40 million and got him kicked out as chairman. My question is from like, Tesla. does he genuinely, do you think he genuinely didn't know the consequences or do you think he just didn't care? Like he knew something would happen, mm -hmm. but he just like trying to prove that like he could do whatever he doesn't, it'll like not affect him. We're going to talk about this um, going forward. But so when you have the level of wealth that Musk does, 
things like SEC penalties for market manipulation don't really mean much to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His golden parachute is so billowy, you can just let the wind take him wherever he wants. <laughs> yeah, it, right. it's like if there's a parking space that you're not allowed to park in, but the penalty is $500, all that means is that it costs $500 to park there, and yeah. the cops might take your car. But if you have a million cars and infinite money, who cares? You can park wherever you want, right? right. Yeah. And the SEC does not really have teeth very much. Like, they can levy fines, but they can't they can't really mess with you in any super meaningful way. It's like $40 million penalty for the SEC is like, that's like a parking ticket for Musk. That's like nothing. It's like right. an annoying disruption to his routine. And so because of this, Musk has a history of just kind of ignoring whatever regulations annoy him because he just pays the fines and just continues to do whatever it is he wants to do. I cannot legally accuse him of stock manipulation because we don't have legal evidence of that. Mm -hmm. However, we can take an editorial stance that, yeah, this looks a lot like stock manipulation and he just didn't care about the SEC's regulations. Right. So how did Musk take this, right? How do you you think Musk reacted to this this $40 million fine? I feel like it could be two ways. I feel like he could take it like in a petulant childish way or he could just be he could just not care on such a profound level he doesn't even acknowledge it well uh one of those is correct (laughs) elon musk on thursday stepped up criticism of the u.s securities regulator calling the securities and exchange commission officials bastards for bringing fraud charges against him over his 2018 tweets regarding taking the company private (laughs) musk said that he was he felt forced to settle with the sec because banks threatened to cease providing capital if he did not do so which would have made tesla bankrupt immediately quote so that's like having a gun to your child's head, Musk said. <laughs> Why would he bring his child into it? So he doesn't even know his You're child's name. You're killing my children. <laughs> so that's like having a gun to your child's head, Musk said. I was forced to admit that I lied to save Tesla's life, and that's the only reason. Oh, God. His kid. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> Daddy, why are you bringing me into this? The words of someone in touch with reality. Musk and Tesla each paid $20 million in civil fines, and Musk stepped down as Tesla's chairman to re- resolve uh, SEC's claims that Musk defrauded investors on August 7, 2018, by posting on Twitter that he had, quote, funding secured to take the company private. The SEC said that at this time his funding la- uh, lacked an adequate basis in fact. Uh, the thing that this article does not cover is that he said this during a TED Talk. <laughs> oh what? Or like, or not, not during a TED, it was like a private, like TED conference. Like he said this like on stage like, That's really during funny. like a bit, like a, like a business inspiration type meeting thing. That's really funny. It's, it's like having a gun to your child's head. <laughs> I was forced to admit that I lied to save Tesla's life. And, okay, that's not fucking true. They settled the lawsuit. They did not legally admit any guilt. Right. He doesn't, doesn't even understand the settlement that he made. Right. It's, it's like, methinks the lady doth protest too much. Yeah. Yeah, right. It just sounds very panicky. Like it's like it's like having a gun to your child's head. Uh, uh, They forced me to lie. Oh, Evan. Oh, Evan. (laughs) So I I think the the next the next couple minutes of this podcast, I think this this entire arc in Elon's life, 
he's okay he's not a complete idiot but he's also not a fucking mastermind right i think you can explain you can explain all of elon's actions here by putting yourself into the mindset of someone who is prone to fits of anxiety and panic and regularly (laughs) makes the most short-sighted possible decision but is it in good faith does he is he really anxious or is he like throwing himself on the railroad tracks and saying you did this to me i i think okay he definitely has a bit of a a kicked puppy complex of like (laughs) you know everyone's just out to fucking get me but also sick disgusting puppies yeah (laughs) but he's also like, he is definitely a deeply anxious person. He okay. is desperate to be liked, right? Yeah, I don't um, Are we going to talk... I don't know... I know we don't have time to get into every social media fracas this guy's a part of, but are we going to get into the Thailand caves incident? No, unfortunately, we're not. Oh, man. That was, that was one particularly <laughs> shameless incident. That was that was kind of the thing that like shattered a lot of people's yeah, public perception. That was kind of, of a breaking yeah. point. It's like, so weird too. It's like ima- it's like imagine if like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, like because that's how a lot of people saw him, right? It's yeah. like imagine if ha- Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, just in the middle of a Marvel movie, was just like these Chilean miners are pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. like it's like, like whoa, dude. Like international hell? heroes. It's are... like calling Lassie a war criminal. It's like where is this? I. I I'm just more confused by where you're coming from. <laughs> right. 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 So, so okay. The bottom line of all of this is that uh, fraud, Elon, illegal. Can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the point of all of this being that Elon Musk has a history of recklessly tweeting about investment holdings in a way that the SEC considers il- very uh, suspect. Was yeah. he doing this on purpose to bump his own stocks, or is he simply reckless with no sense of a future? It's hard to say without placing this podcast at risk of a libel charge. However, editorial stance, Musk has a history of simply acknowledging and ignoring laws that toothless regulatory agencies are sluggish to enforce. Uh, from this article in Hacksheet, quote, Elon Musk is known for his unorthodox ideas, but a recent lawsuit filed against him and Twitter's holding company may have just taken the cake. The suit alleges that Musk requested a bathroom be built next to his office at Twitter's headquarters so that he wouldn't have to wake up his bodyguards in the middle of the night when he needed to use the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) His bodyguards accompany him to the restroom? (laughs) I like to imagine that he, he, he brings like 10 guys into the bathroom with him and then he pees at the urinal with his pants all the way down. (laughs) I I was imagining them Carrying him in by the shoulders <laughs> in like a sedan chair. Yeah. He's like slumped over. <laughs> Place me near weight. the u- urinal. <laughs> While this request might seem unusual, it fits with Musk's reputation for pushing boundaries and seeking out solutions that others might not consider. However, what is most concerning about the story is how it allegedly played out behind closed doors. According to the lawsuit, Steve Davis, CEO of The Boring Company and one of Musk's right-hand men, suggested that they hire an unlicensed plumber rather than getting the permit for the construction project. This move would allow them to avoid following rules and regulations surrounding business codes and safety standards. This raises questions about how often companies are willing to skirt laws or cut corners in order to cater to their high-profile executives. While having a private bathroom next door may seem like a trivial matter, it speaks volumes about the power dynamics within the organization. And yeah, I think that's pretty damn true. Yeah. Even if someone as wealthy as Elon Musk can't follow basic protocols such as obtaining permits before making significant changes to an office space, 
then what does that say about his other businesses? Are, there, are these types of shortcuts common practice? Yes. Yes, they fucking are. They absolutely are. <laughs> this lackadaisical attitude towards permits also sets a dangerous precedent regarding safety protocols by ignoring regulations meant specifically for public health and well-being. We open ourselves up to potential disasters down the road. Yeah, we do. Anytime you're hiding a secret poop shoot in your office, like, <laughs> it, it's not going to get better from there. Right. <laughs> Imagine the regular plumber comes in and it's like, "What does this pipe do?" And it bursts all over him. Right, and it's it's boiling it's boiling Elon Doogie because it was set up by an unlicensed plumber. Yeah, right. that, for some reason, put in a boiling mechanism. Right. <laughs> yeah. Steam it. Steam it. <laughs> okay. This attitude, I think, explains quite a bit of Musk's lax attitude towards things like the infamously toothless SEC regulations. The ability to purchase your way out of most consequences with pocket change can make a man reckless. Which brings us to his acquisition of Twitter. Oh boy. Yay. So oh, let's, let's, let's skip ahead to uh, March 27th, 2020. Musk buys a 5% share of Twitter and then calls then Twitter CEO Parag Angwal and discusses a seat on the board, perhaps taking Twitter private or even starting a rival platform. These terms continue to be discussed. April 2nd, things are looking good for Musk. Twitter's corporate governance committee recommends inviting him on as a member, citing his, quote, active use of the platform, technical expertise, and perspectives, which is totally blowing smoke up his ass. He knows nothing about code. <laughs> his perspectives. It sounds like me on my own resume, like, yeah, I have all these qualifications. Yeah, yeah. I'm extremely <laughs> yeah, qualified. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a business communications expert and I study theology. Uh, I study lay theology. I'm a social media manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the most BS one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I use Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all all my dick jokes on the internet are actually like you should give me control of Target Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So it's from this point that things start to move fast. April third from courts. Quote, the Twitter board considered nominating committee, uh, committee's recommendation and the, quote, potential for adverse impacts on stockholder value if Musk took the company private or started a rival service and decided to offer him a board seat. Two conflicts of interest were disclosed. Dorsey said that he and Musk are, quote, friends. And Durbin said that he had worked on, quote, unrelated matters with Musk in the past. That is Jack Dorsey, former CEO of Twitter. So definitely a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. But Twitter's offer came with strings attached. Musk would need to agree to, quote, standstill provisions that would limit his ability to speak publicly about Twitter or make unsolicited offers to buy the company without the board's approval, which that means stop fucking tweeting, Elon. Yeah. <laughs> you can be on the board, but you have to put down the fucking phone. The thing people have been begging him to do for years at this point. Literally four years at this point. For everyone's benefit, stop tweeting. <laughs> please, please. April 4th. Musk refused to limit public statements about Twitter and publicly disclosed that he owned, he actually owned about 9.2% of Twitter stock. Musk agreed to a cap on how much Twitter stock he could amass, no more than 15% without board approval. And, okay. Um, I, in a lot of the write-ups that I was writing, 9.2% of company stock yeah. is not, oh, I'm interested in this. That is, I am trying to go for a hostile yeah. takeover. It's, mm. it's pretty enormously substantial. And that's expensive, too. Twitter stock is not cheap. 
Yeah. It, it fluctuates, but it's not cheap. So they were like, oh, you have 9.2% of Twitter's stock? Yeah, we're, we're going to limit that. 15 is already huge. Yeah. <laughs> that proposed cap. Even it's like at, at this point, he was the largest Twitter shareholder. Yeah. Um, or private Twitter shareholder. But this arrangement would come with strings attached. As an officer of a public company, Musk faced legal restrictions on what he could say publicly as a board member, whether he signed the agreement or not. This might have spelled trouble for Musk, a keyboard warrior whose tweets have repeatedly gotten him into trouble with the SEC. God, what could happen? <laughs> I love it. it was like, okay, you can be on the board, but please stop tweeting. And he's just, no. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I shall not stop tweeting. It's very Trumpian behavior. Yeah, like, it honestly it really is. I don't yeah. want to take too much of a tangent, but it reminds me of like Trump's behavior during all these like all these like indictments of like the judge barring him from making inflammatory statements and like the instant he gets out of that courtroom, he like tweets in all caps or puts it on his whatever like social platform right. like the judge is a psyop like from like the yeah. CCP or something. The judge is married to a dog. Right. They're ugly. They <laughs> Their house sucks. It's like we totally like explicitly said, "Don't do that," and he just does it anyway. Yeah, because they don't feel any consequence. Like they're not, they don't fear the consequences at all. Right. It's at, at least with Trump, he has the charisma to like make it a thing, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's part of his personal brand. But Elon, Elon isn't even good at tweeting. His Twitter sucks. He's not funny. It, yeah. It's very like washed up eye humor. I'm, I mean, eye funny kind of humor. April 5th. That's, Twitter announced that Musk is joining the Twitter board. That same day, Musk called Dorsey, uh, who said that he feels that Twitter would be better off as a private company. As Dorsey's board seats expires in the coming months, Musk invited Dorsey to stay on, and Dorsey declined. This appears to be a turning point. Beforehand, Musk was ostensibly considering a board seat, but a conversation with Dorsey may have led Musk to reject the board seat and uh, decide to move to take Twitter private. April 9th, Musk rejects the board seat and told the board that he would instead make an offer to take Twitter private. Musk is now publicly gunning for a hostile takeover. So like even in these early stages, it's clear that there's conversations happening behind the scenes that are not being like released to the public. Yeah. And that Elon's business deals, like Elon's business dealings with Twitter have always been full of vacillations and backing out at the last second. Right. Yeah. April 12th. Twitter, in response, battens down the financial hatches and adopts a poison pill strategy. Twitter was now rigged with a financial dead man's hand. If Musk attempted to buy more than 15% of Twitter on the open market, all of Twitter's shareholders, except Musk, would be allowed to buy stock at a highly discounted price. What this would do is rapidly dilute and crash the value of Twitter's stock price for Musk's holdings specifically. Basically, if Musk tried to buy a controlling stake, his stock would become worthless. This would make Musk's strategy of a hostile takeover effectively impossible. That same day, company shareholder Mark Brain Rosella sued Elon Musk for allegedly manipulating the company's stock price and violating SEC rules. Again. <laughs> right. God. April 13th. Musk sent his acquisition offer to Taylor seeking to buy the company at $54.20 a share, about $44 billion. Holy shit. So that's, he's going for a buyout now, yeah. right? He can't, can't do a hostile takeover. He's just going for a full buyout. Here's the text of that letter. Brett Taylor, 
chairman of the board. I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash. A 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter at a 30% and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. Elon Musk. (laughs) So, this is important. What this means is that Musk is offering to give each shareholder $54.20 cash for each of their shares. So if you're a Twitter shareholder, and you're perhaps looking to bail from Twitter, a infamously erratic Twitter um, with a very high stock price, you love this deal. You yeah. got cash on the way if this goes through. This this also had a stabilizing effect on Twitter stock for a hot minute, right? It's like, because Elon's like, I'll buy it at this much. People are like, okay, then I can, like, the, the stock won't fluctuate for a good hot minute. April 15th, Twitter adopts the poison pill, buying it time to consider Musk's proposal. April 21st, Musk announced that he has secured billion in financing for the acquisition. The first real assurance that Musk would be able to buy the company. April 24th. Musk sends a letter urging Twitter to accept the offer. April 25th. Twitter accepts. In meetings, Twitter advisors Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan called the deal fair from a financial point of view, giving Twitter their sign-off. Having decided to accept the deal, Twitter negotiates the terms of the agreement with Musk, which includes a few important provisions. Oh boy. One, Musk has to, quote, perform the obligations of the contract, meaning Twitter can compel him to complete the purchase on the agreed upon terms. So he's locked in, right? Yeah, right. They're like, okay, you made us the offer. You are now contractually obligated to follow through. This would be the source of a lot of future shenanigans. (laughs) We know. Mm hmm. Two, there's a $1 billion termination fee Musk would have to pay if he violates the contract and Twitter wants uh, to get out of the deal. And three, it limits Musk's public statements, saying that he cannot disparage the company or its officials while the deal is closing. (laughs) No posting. Musk has since publicly criticized, if not disparaged, Twitter and its specific employees numerous times since signing the deal. Right, of course. (laughs) Of course. April 26th. Hey, where's Elon going to get all this cash from? Anyway, Reuters. (laughs) Tesla Incorporated lost $126 billion in value on Tuesday amid investor concerns that chief executive Elon Musk may have to sell shares to fund his $21 billion equity contribution and uh, to his $44 billion buyout of Twitter. Tesla is not involved in the Twitter deal, yet its shares have been targeted by speculators after Musk declined to disclose publicly where his cash for the acquisition was coming from. (laughs) No one will find out. The 12.2% drop in Tesla's shares on Tuesday equated to a $21 billion drop in the value of, te- of his Tesla stake, the same as the $21 billion in cash he committed to the Twitter deal. 
Hmm. Let me just see how many dominoes I can line up and screw over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that this entire thing is just like, it's like, oh, I will simple. I'll simply uh, line up another domino and that will pay, that will knock over the first domino. Oh shit. My dominoes are falling over. I need another domino. <laughs> my dominoes keep falling over. Add more dominoes quicker. <laughs> Wedblush Securities Analyst Daniel Ivis said that worries about upcoming stock sales by Musk and the possibility that he is becoming distracted by Twitter weighed on Tesla shares. Quote, this is causing a bear festival on the name. <laughs> a bear festival. A bear festival, oh. So, Musk bought Twitter with what is called a leveraged buyout. That basically means paying for a chunk of the price tag by putting the company in debt. The quippiest way to describe a leveraged buyout is you are using someone else's money to buy something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if he's going to buy Twitter for $44 billion, he's just going to put Twitter in debt by $22 billion and say, like, okay, once I own Twitter, I will pay off that debt to Twitter's former owners. Right? right. Using Twitter. Th this part of the deal is really good for Musk because it means that if Twitter goes bankrupt, Musk doesn't lose any money, right? Mm. If, if Twitter goes belly up, only Twitter goes belly up. Musk is fine. But here's the thing. $13 billion is a fucking massive leveraged buyout. Yeah. And it's not Musk selling the debt. That debt is held by several large Wall Street banks, specifically Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and Barclays, who now have to sell debt that was just sitting in their vaults and making them money. But because Elon is such a mercurial shithead who avoids paying his debts, it's going to be real tough for these banks to actually sell that debt, which could be a problem in the future. April 28th. So, okay. Okay. The SEC is fairly toothless, right? For those that don't know, the Securities Exchange Commission was an entity uh, formed in the wake of the 2008 financial collapse. Their job is to essentially regulate securities fraud. They're, if you're breaking uh, stock trading rules, it's their job to s jump in and punish you, usually by fining you. They are infamously pretty toothless. However, they have a close working relationship with the FTC. The FTC is the government regulating body that is responsible for trust busting. And they are scary. They are every, they are every like monopolist's worst nightmare because they can just break up your company and sell it back to you for pocket change. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. They are scary. You do not want the FTC involved in your business dealings because it means that something very sketchy is going on. April 28th. Whoops. The FTC are launching a probe into <laughs> Elon's 9% stake in Twitter <laughs> from Reuters quote. The focus of the FTC inquiry is whether Musk bought the stake to influence Twitter's management or if he looked to be a passive shareholder, according to the report. In his April 4th filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, Musk characterized his stake as passive. Now, oh, great. Um, if you're gunning for a board position, that is not a passive stake, no. right? That's about the least passive stake right. you can possibly yeah. have in a company. So uh, that's not looking great for Musk. That, that could be potentially disastrous for Musk. So if we, if we rewind the clock here a little bit, right? What we have is Musk talking with people about a potential board, a potential board position, right? Like buying all this stock. So he's, it kind of looks like he might be 
trying to buy Twitter. However, let's, let, let's be a pretend theoretical version of Elon Musk for a second. So let's say I have this big Twitter platform, right? And I have an army of crypto-brained followers that will spike the stock price of anything that I mention on my stupid Twitter. <laughs> well, I already own quite a bit of Twitter stock. What if I and all of my like self-effacing crypto brain followers keep telling me that I should be the one who owns Twitter. So what if I bought a bunch of Twitter stock and then started publicly crowing about how I'm moving to buy Twitter, right? Well, see, if I was doing that, that would be securities fraud. That would be very illegal, right? Especially if I'm already making SEC filings. Yeah. Unless, unless I was actually planning on buying Twitter, right? Like, because if you're, if you're just saying that and you're lying, that's fraud. But if you're yeah. actually planning on buying Twitter, that's fine, right? Mm -hmm. It's still kind of sketchy, but it's, it's not strictly illegal, right? Yeah. So, potentially, it's possible that once Elon, once Elon filed for this, this stock acquisition, he, like, you know, it's possible that once he bought this 9% stake in Twitter and the FTC started looking around, he was faced with a choice, right? It's either, okay, back down and gamble on the fact, like, you know, keep the money that you already have and back down and gamble on the fact that the FTC will leave you alone, right? That they won't find anything. Yeah. Or go all in and actually buy Twitter and not risk an FTC investigation, right? <laughs> like, make that a lot harder for them. This is speculation and is a little conspiracy-brained on my part, but it is definitely, if there is a non-zero chance that this is what happened, that basically the FTC probe into him forced his back up against the wall and forced him to perhaps to make... To actually go through with it. Or to make an offer for Twitter that was way more than he initially wanted it to be, right? Yeah. And if this, if this is what happened he was desperately hoping that Twitter would not call his bluff and actually take the offer. But Twitter took the offer and maybe realized that his back was up against the wall and said, added that contractual obligation that, nope, you can't back out now. <laughs> yeah. God. May 4th. Musk secures $6.25 billion in investment from third parties because Musk could not buy Twitter without selling large portions of his Tesla stock. Investors included venture capital firm and uh, Andresine Horowitz, the crypto exchange Binance, and Oracle CEO Larry Ellison. Uh, bad news about the crypto exchange Binance, by the way. So, Musk is officially definitely buying Twitter. He's got a leveraged buyout and a bunch of independent investors. It's all going to go great. May 13th. Quote, Elon Musk is having cold feet about the Twitter deal, or he's just trolling. <laughs> on May 13th, Musk tweeted that his deal to buy Twitter is, quote, temporarily on hold until he can get more assurance that the social platform's user base is at least 95% real people versus fake or spam accounts. It's a concern Musk has raised repeatedly in the past, and Twitter's stock price fell 10% immediately after this tweet. But after agreeing to buy Twitter for $44 billion in April, Musk might also be keen to gain leverage and renegotiate at a more favorable price. Given the severe downtown uh, in the stock market, he is also the CEO and largest shareholder of Tesla, which lost $126 billion in value just on April 26th, the day after the Twitter deal closed. Although Musk and Twitter 
are agreed on an acquisition, the deal is unlikely to close for a few months. Until then, Twitter has the upper hand. The company can make Musk's life pretty uncomfortable if he decides he wants out. If Musk does not want to walk away entirely, the break free revert refers to a $1 billion penalty that would allow him to do just that. But Twitter can also force Musk to push ahead. If Musk breaches his obligations, Twitter has the right to terminate the agreement and demand a fee. But Twitter also has the right to sue to require Musk to perform, uh, Lipton says. Of course, what Twitter has the contractual right to do and what it has the stomach to litigate are two very different things. And we're going to leave this story just about here because... What happened was Musk went through with it. He oh, he God. got all that private investment money. He yep. said, okay, he fucking bought Twitter, and that's where we are now. And it only gets better from there. And it's... Stock price through the roof. <laughs> yeah, st- yeah, fucking stock price through the roof. And, like, honestly, Twitter is shitting the bed at the moment, and I think it's partially because Elon realizes that I think the only recourse he has is to cut costs as much as possible to potentially generate revenue um, to float that stock price because that's the only way he's going to work off the debt. But it's not going great, and it's also come at the cost of his public reputation. Yeah. Right? It's This entire fiasco has, to any sensible person, has largely revealed Musk to be not the magic man that he used to be in a lot of people's And lives. as we all know, Musk is at his best and makes his sanest decisions with his back against the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially, the only thing that I haven't covered in this is um, Elon's increasing friendliness with extreme far-right reactionaries yeah. like Nick Fuentes and uh, Steven Crowder, um, who are constantly dick-writing him on Twitter. Oh, Just yeah. constantly, like, the most dick-writingest people. Because... Yeah, <sighs> like I I actually know someone who like met Elon Musk at a party once, and he said that in reality Elon was just kind of awkward and sat in the corner the whole time. He's just some shy. He's just some fucking shy nerd who is, you know, has more money than he can handle, and is perfect, perfect target for dickheads like Nick Fuentes. He's like every introverted yeah. white dude in an Xbox Live lobby who just is <laughs> desperate for validation and then once you get him in a party, just shrinks into his shell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now has $120 billion. <laughs> yeah. That's a crucial difference. Well, for now. For now. Well, my question is, why is he getting so cozy with the GOP and these far-right people? Is it a political strategy or is he so desperate for validation that he just, the GOP is the only, you know, you know, uh, group dumb enough to follow him and dick write him that hard. It's, it's not even the GOP. It's like the, he's, he's getting in bed with like guys that are adjacent to Alex Jones. Like this is the, the extreme yeah. right. Cause for a long time, Musk has presented himself as like a political centrist. You know, he's like, oh, well they both have points, which is right. an idiotic position, but I, I digress. I don't think it's a political position. I think it's literally just they they ride his dick on Twitter, and that's the entirety of the real world to him. But that's like, exactly you, you how far-right groups function. That's the core of their ideology, is charismatic dick riding, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's like, um, like it, some of his tweets seem to be 
attempts to influence elections. Like, so I don't know like what his end game is. I, not that he sees that far into the future, but it's like, why is he trying to lean towards so publicly lean towards, you know, like the Republican party and these far right people. Cause they're the only people that like him. <laughs> it's really sad, honestly. Like, it is. It's really yeah. sad. Like he's, he's a petulant child with more money than God. And it's like, if your best friend is Anthony, no, You've, like, your life is fucked, man. Right. Like, it's, you have no hope. I'm sorry. God. There's no saving you. So that's, that's basically where we are now, is, is Musk's repeated series of faux pas and, like, decisions that have largely pissed off Twitter's user base. Yeah. The, the rapid and public and humiliating and shitification of... <laughs> a major cog of internet society. Yeah. Right. Of communication. It's like, it's sad and scary because Twitter is for, even for me, like has been a resource. If there's like fires in the area to like get updates and like, you know, like yeah. it's a really important tool that, yeah. you know, shouldn't be fucked around with and, and ruined, but it was already, whatever. it was already a problematic platform in the kinds of miscommunications and hate storms it facilitated. And then it got dropped in the yeah. hands of someone who craves those types of interactions. Right. Right. And it's what a lot of the internal documentation from the handoff that we got basically revealed that Twitter's previous CEO, like, desperately wanted to ban all of the fucking Nazis and people. Like, it was more prof... Like, they... It was more profitable to have them generating controversy than yeah. it was to simply kick them off the platform. Like, if anything, they were making far far more excuses for for the far right than they were for the far oh, yeah. left but every single fucking dickhead right winger is like we're being censored yeah right yeah. god you took my only food now <laughs> we're gonna starve <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like they were taking pretty you know drastic steps to ban some of the hate speech like even banning trump from twitter like that's a pretty bold step but now it's like yeah come one come all like like call for violence like make hate like commit hate crimes publicly like <laughs> that's what it is now it's oh, like oh my and god not to date the episode but like just recently musk said that he was considering removing the block function on <laughs> twitter chaos <laughs> which okay he can't do that it's literally illegal like phone app stores will not sell your app if right. you don't have a block function um but <laughs> That would make the website useless overnight. But people are speculating that it's probably because the internals team showed Elon that he's one of the most blocked users <laughs> on the app. <laughs> and so he said that it should be illegal. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's so publicly petty, it's his behavior, just like blocking P. I mean, it's just, it's, it's very Trumpian behavior, but it's even, it's maybe even more pathetic than Trump of just, I, you know. I am committed to free more. speech, and and anyone who criticizes him, it's, he tells his team to like remove them from the platform. It's just like so obvious. It's not even like we can all see you. He's building his own fantasy world. Well, it's like at least Trump is the one actually like making the tweets. Like whenever he says shit like Joe Biden's garage door is open constantly or like whatever, yeah. like <laughs> like you know that's him <laughs> tweeting that. Like like Musk is that a real one? <laughs> 
Let me let me pull this up. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> he always has I'm sorry. I'm going to be googling this and completely destroying the rhythm. But I I have to bring up this tweet. Oh hang my on. God. Okay, okay. That's the difference between Trump and and Musk too. Where like Trump Trump's tw- like tweets and posts like have their own internal humor. Like they can be funny just of how outlandish and insane they are. Like as terrifying as they are. But Musk is just so stupid. It's like not funny. Is it painful? It's it's so yeah. I will find this. I will. Fi- it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the things that Trump latches onto. It's they have no reference to any value system whatsoever. They're completely <laughs> arbitrary. Like what what is wrong? What is wrong with having your garage door open? Like, it attracts too many it, raccoons? Or it, it, was, I don't... it was a response to, like, <laughs> accusations that he was keeping government documents in his garage oh, okay. or something. And he was okay. like, Joe Biden has his garage door open all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Everyone keeps their secret documents in their, in their garage. Mm-hmm. Or their bathroom. It's hilarious to see him just beat the shit out of Ron DeSantis. Like the, oh my <laughs> God. I saw some article. I didn't even read it, but the, it had a really good um, title. It was like the queasy leftist shot and fried of watching um, Trump destroy Ron DeSantis. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. It was like this emerging dark horse, and he just has absolutely no chance. Being destroyed. <laughs> there, I I cannot fucking find this stupid tweet, but it's like. It was that picture of Ron DeSantis in like the the shin high white boots. Oh yeah, and and Trump said Cash some boots. shit that was like, yeah, and Trump said some shit that was like, little pudding fingers. Ron wants to ban Disney movies. Let the children watch Moana. Ron. Luckily, they can always see Puss in Boots whenever they see a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. I don't know if like I question whether that was real or not. Like, is that actually a real? I, no, that That's, was real. That was a hundred percent real. It's so fucking. Funny. That is good. Wow. <laughs> so, and to, to to circle back, it's like Elon Musk has none of that charisma. None. Like, it, yeah. Like him or hate him, Trump is funny, and yeah. Musk is a black hole of charisma. Well, Trump has yeah. decades of experience in the entertainment industry and being a public persona. Like Elon Musk is like like you said, like a keyboard warrior hides in his basement and like he has a personality he, of his. There's nothing behind him. Right. Like he. There's just nothing he's, there. He's just like desperate to be liked. And that is not, he, okay. He's desperate for validation, indecisive, short-sighted, and has a history of ignoring investors when they ask him to stop tweeting. So uh, we'll see how Twitter goes. <laughs> Definitely needing a sequel. Anyone who wants to turn their life into a meme has a serious void at the core right. of their being. All right. So I think... I think that's about where we're going to leave this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, fucking, we haven't written an outro for the new season yet, but we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. We love you. Bye-bye. Remember, big things are coming. We love you. Bye. Bye.